be that that is a picture of uh, a lot of people's lives or lifestyle today. Maybe it's a metaphor. I, I think that, that most people are living at, uh, at an amazing pace these days. Even through corona, most of us have, have kept up, uh, I don't know whether we'd call it a hectic lifestyle, but certainly busy, right? Um, there's so many aspects to our lives, so many things to consider. I, I don't know, balancing two jobs and the kids and making the mortgage payment and keeping up with the Joneses down the street and trying to figure out whether school is online or in the building or a little bit of both and, and uh, how to get all the kids where they need to be at, at any one time, navigating marriage, navigating parenting, uh, caring for aging parents, trying to uh, have, make sure you have enough money to pay the bills and, and have some left over to maybe get a vacation sometime if they let her, ever let us travel again. And, and uh, I mean, the list could go on and on and on, right? Uh, and I don't have to tell you about it because we're living it, right? Uh, even in retirement, I, people have told me many times that retirement, they feel busier than when they were, when they were working. So uh, a man by the name of Richard Trubeau wrote this, uh, this statement years ago. Death and taxes aren't the only sure things anymore. Stress has become an inevitable part of life for most people. Studies have shown that, that current stress levels in the United States are, are at an unprecedented high. Life is filled with minor stresses like ringing phones and fighting children and text messages and traffic and email and, and bills and those kinds of things. And then there are the major stressors like a pandemic or uh, health, other health concerns, losing a job, relationship issues. And, and so many things are going on and we're living life at an, an alarming and really an unsustainable pace. And into that, I would like to introduce the concept of margin. You've probably heard that uh, before. It actually comes from a, a book written quite a few years ago by Dr. Richard Swinson uh, called Margin. There it is. That's the updated uh, uh, version. Um, first written, first released in 1992. So this whole stressful lifestyle has been around for a long time. I, I, I read this book several years ago. I've even preached on this. If you've been around for uh, long enough, uh, you, you know that, that we've covered some of this before, but it's been a while and I'm not sure that we're getting any better at it. I, I don't know if I am. In, in fact, I, I think that these truths that are, uh, are, are, are needed more today than ever. So, so as we step into this new year, which will have its own stresses, Right, uh, I, I think we'll do well to reorganize our lives with some margin because the best thing in life happens in the margins. The best things in life happen in the margins. So what is margin? Well, think of sitting down at your computer to write a letter or a document of some kind. And, and one of the things that, uh, that program, maybe you use Microsoft Word like I do, and, and one of the things, there's a default that comes up that shows how big the margins are. I think mine's, mine come in at uh, one inch all the way around. So there's a, there's a margin built into that program. Um, you can change them. You can make them bigger or smaller, but there is always some kind of margin. No matter what you're writing, you're going to have to have margins if it's going to be readable. There's got to be some point where the, 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 the writing stops and there's a little bit of space before the edge of the page or, or the edge of the screen. If, if it goes just edge to edge all the way from one thing running into the next, it's just not legible. And if you're trying to print something, the printers can't print clear to the edge. And, and so uh, there, there are margins in most things. If you, if you just pay attention uh, to the apps on your phone or uh, 
if you're reading a book or uh, in your email, there's always, there's always margin, there's always space around so that you can, so it's, it's the buffer, it's the blank spot between the content and the edge of the page or the edge of the screen. So, so that's the concept in, in uh, writing or in a, in a document or on an app of some kind, but, but let's shift that then as a metaphor to our lives. Do you have margin in your life? Is there a buffer between what is necessary in certain parts of your life and the edge of the page? I I guess that helps us define margin. It's the amount that we have beyond what is necessary. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. So marginless is being 30 minutes late to the doctor's office because you were 20 minutes late getting out of the hairdresser because you were 10 minutes late dropping the kids off at school because the car ran out of gas two blocks from the gas station and you forgot your purse. Marginless. Having margin would be having breath left at the top of the stairs, money left at the end of the month, sanity left at the end of adolescence. If, if I have 15 minutes before I need to be somewhere and it takes 10 minutes to get there, then I have five minutes of margin. If, if I have $1,000 in my paycheck and $900 worth of bills, then I have $100 of margin. Margin is the amount that I have beyond what is necessary. It's the difference between what I have and what I need. So this month, we're going to look at how this concept of margin might play out in, in several areas of our lives. Specifically, we're going to look at our schedule and the, the, the time that, 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 we, uh, uh, that we allot ourselves in, in any given day or week or, or month. We're going to look at our finances and how this plays out in our finances and even in our morality. For instance, if I have margin in my schedule, it means being able to show up 10 minutes early instead of 20 minutes late. Margin in my finances would mean having money left over at the end of the month instead of month left over at the end of the money, right? Uh, margin in the area of, of morality means having distance between myself and temptation so I'm not easily sucked into sin. In, in essence, then, margin is something that, that a lot of people, could we say most people in our Western culture today, simply don't have much of. We live our lives to the edge of the page and even beyond. And so as we dive into this, I, I, I also want to be clear that, that when we talk about the things that eat up our margin, we're not necessarily talking about sinful things. It could be, but Dr. Swinson says in so many words that it, it's, it's not the specific activity that's the issue, it's the overload. Each of us are dealing with more and more things per person than any other time in the, in the history of humanity, really. And, and, and we can only handle so many things. It brought to mind that, that old game from way back when. It's going to show my age, but it's called the last straw. It was a camel, right? Uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. When, when, when the weight of all those straws got to be too much, then the camel's back is broken and the last person to put the straw in is the loser, right? That's kind of how that game works. Um, now, each of those straws, if you look, they're just little, I think they're wood, uh, probably the uh, wood or plastic, but they're, they're not very heavy, right? It takes a lot of straws to make that back break. Uh, some are bigger than others, uh, but the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back is not so much an indictment on that last straw, but on the enormity of the whole load, right? There are limits to what that camel can handle. There are limits to what we 
can handle. Just like in that little game, we keep adding more and more to our lives, activities, worries, decisions, debt, responsibilities, whatever. And, and at first we can handle everything just fine and it's, it's great and we're spinning the plates and we're, we're carrying the load and everything's good, but we all have a limit and at some point it's one thing too many and we've blown through the margin and the consequences can be catastrophic. I'm not saying that your back breaks, although maybe. But, but, but more and more people are having breakdowns and, and moral failures and, and they're heading into financial ruin and relationships are exploding simply because they're dealing with more than they can handle. And God has not designed us to live life in such a way that we are multitasking, overworked, stressed out people. <laughs> That's not the abundant life that, that, that God lays out in scripture. In the Bible, God tells us to do a lot of things. I, just uh, a few, God tells us to walk the extra mile. He tells us to carry one another's burdens, to, to have answers to others for the hope that we profess, to teach our children when we sit and, and lie down and, and walk and get up and, and and, and, and the list goes on and on, but as I read that list, it, it appears that all those expectations assume that I'm going to have the time and the energy and, and be prepared to, to do those things. I'm going to have the margin to be able to focus on those tasks. You can't live the life God calls you to live without margin. I guess what I'm saying as we kick off this series is that God expects us to be available for his use. And when we're overscheduled and exhausted and run ragged and distracted and overextended, can we really be available for God to use us? For instance, let's, let's think of finances for a second. There are times when I have made stupid decisions with my money. I won't make you testify whether that's true too. I'm just talking about myself. I've made stupid decisions with my money. And then I have, uh, there have been opportunities that come along with a legitimate need and, and feel that, that God has tapped me on the shoulder to help out and I was tapped out and I couldn't because I had no margin in my finances. The, the, I wasn't available for God's use because I had, had blown right through the margin. And the same is true with our schedules. How can I, how can I stop and meet the, the, the needs of others if I'm overbooked and, and uh, distracted with all the things in my life? Without margin, we are severely hindering our availability to God. When he calls, it goes straight to voicemail. I'll, I'll answer it when things slow down, but, but do they ever slow down? So I think we can agree that, 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 that most of us struggle with this, and, and I want you to see today that life is best lived with margin. In order to, to do that, I, I want to flip over to a, a small little, just a blip of a, of a, a picture of, of uh, Jesus' life. It happened at the end of, it's recorded in, at the end of Luke chapter 10. It's only five verses, but it reveals so much about the importance of margin. Uh, maybe a familiar story to you, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord... Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, 
but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus dropped into Mary and Martha's place and and Martha got busy doing all the preparations for the meal and changing the sheets and dusting the end tables and and taking out the trash. You know, all the things that that we do when somebody stops by. Uh, Mary probably washed Jesus' feet when he came in as they would would do in that culture. But then she stayed there at Jesus' feet listening to him. And, and in your mind's eye, I think you could probably get the picture pretty easily. You could see Martha sweating in the kitchen and going back and forth, getting things ready and out to the grill and kneading the bread and cutting the vegetables and washing the meat and gathering the dishes and setting the pa- table and, and doing every task just a little bit louder than the one before so Mary would hear what was going on. Both Mary and Martha had the same opportunity. Mary decided she was going to put everything aside and have a moment with Jesus. For her, it wasn't about avoiding chores or shirking responsibility. She was just leaning in toward toward Jesus, actively listening, striving to understand who Jesus was and what he wanted for her. Uh, Jesus dropped in, and Mary took full advantage of the opportunity. Martha, on the other hand, decided she'd get to Jesus as soon as she did all these things. In the passage, it says it this way, but Martha was distracted. That, that word in Greek means not only distracted, but anxious. There's a, there's a part of that that it leans toward that, that she was anxious about getting all this done. Stressed out, I guess we could probably uh, translate that. She was stressed by everything that she thought needed to be done. And, and again, they weren't sinful things that needed to be doing. They were good things. Clean is good. Food is good. Uh, they, they would certainly need plates and utensils and all the things, the preparations for all the stuff. But I think that's like most of us. We're not usually distracted or pulled away from God by awful sinful things. So many times our relationship with God suffers. Our influence in the world is diluted simply because we're so busy. Stretched too thin, overloaded, living without margin, living edge to edge, the edge of the page. It's been said that if if Satan can't make you really bad, he'll make you really busy. Some of us are so caught up being busy with good things that we miss the best things, the things in the margins. Devotional author Ken Geyer uh, wrote uh, about this story in his book, Intimate Moments with the Savior. If you're looking for a a devotional book for the new year, uh, he's got several. Ken Geyer, Google them, I'm sure you can find them, and just some, just a, a... a wordsmith, a wonderful author, and I enjoy his, his writing. He said this about this story, Mary and Martha, in the Bible. He said, something eternal is in the making, but it's not in the kitchen. What's cooking in the kitchen will be gone in a meal. It's what's being prepared in the other room that will go on forever. So as Martha is doing her task, she can no doubt hear the voices from the other room and and she's probably mumbling under her breath, right? And I wanted to hear him too, but somebody's got to get this done, right? And where is that girl? And uh, I mean, they could at least come in here and talk so I could listen too. And, And why is Jesus just letting her sit there? Here I am stuck in the kitchen doing all... And finally, uh, she's had enough and she marches in and you notice she doesn't just accuse Mary. She accuses Mary and Jesus in the same breath of not caring about her and what needs to be done. Lord, don't you care? Tell her to help me. Jesus' response is uh, is touching and tender. Martha, Martha. 
And it's interesting, Jesus does this uh, several times in, in scripture. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we, we see him as he weeps over Jerusalem and he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often have I longed for you? Or he says it uh, to, to, to Peter on the night before he's betrayed and telling Peter that he's going to, be, uh, going to, to uh, 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 deny him. And he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, like, sift you like wheat. Or even Saul on the road to Damascus, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's in that same vein, he says, Martha, Martha. And in my own words, I guess, Martha, you just don't quite get it. You have all these things distracting you, but only one thing is most important. (laughs) And I picture that same Jesus intimately involved in our lives, seeking so much to encounter us at our deepest levels and uttering our names in the same tender yet grieving way. Pete, Pete, (laughs) you're so distracted by so many stop for a second get to know me listen to me what is it that's distracting you from living that intimate life with God what changes could you make that would create more margin in your life so that you'd be more available to God that's That's the question. What are the distractions? What changes could you make? Maybe it's just a small little change. Maybe it's a change in your finances or a change in your schedule or or a change in just the patterns of your habits, developing something. What is it that you could do that could create more margin in your life? Not just so that you can have more time to, to kick back and relax. More margin so that you're more available to God. There's a couple things that are true about margin. Um, as, as margin decreases, stress increases. So if, you had a, if we had the little uh, uh, graph going, those go in opposite directions. So margin goes down, stress goes up. Mar- Martha's stressed out because she had uh, so much that she thought she just had to do, uh, and, 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 uh, and so she got all stressed out about it. When, when you're running late, your margin uh, decreases, and what happens? Well, you get stressed out, right? Um, uh, Maybe that happened on the way to church this morning. Those of you that are sitting in your, in your robes, maybe not. But, you know, anyway, whatever. Uh, when, when the bills are due and, and your, your bank account doesn't have any margin, you get stressed out, right? When, when margin decreases, stress increases. Another thing, when margin decreases, uh, our, relationship, our closeness with others, relational intimacy also decreases. Martha wasn't exactly buddy-buddy with Jesus and, and Mary when she marched out of the kitchen with her finger wagon, right? The busier we get, the more stressed out we are, the less time there is for relationships. I would argue relationships are the most important things in life. Relationship with God, relationship with others. Jesus said the most important things, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. The most important things, but the less margin that you have, the more strained those relationships get. And when we, we have to get the project done or, or work the extra shift or answer the phone again or send another text, our relationships suffer. It certainly is true with our, with our closeness with God. I, I, I can't, can't read my Bible this morning. I, I can't pray today. Uh, I have that early meeting. I have that other thing. I've, I've got to, you know, get, the, get more sleep. I've, I've got to recover from a crazy week. I can't make it to church. God will understand. Uh, did, did Jesus understand, Martha? Well, certainly he did. He understood. He also said there's a better way to live. 
We, we could accuse Mary of not doing much, of being lazy. All she did was sit there, come on. But it was where she sat that made all the difference. She was sitting in the margin with Jesus. Life is best when it's lived with margin so that we can listen to Jesus. No one is gonna do this for you. It's a discipline. Life will take as much of you as you will give it. If you don't create margin, there's not going to be any margin. But it is possible to create margin. You can reorganize your life with margin. Margin for the things that are most important. So over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to get specific on how to create margin in our schedule and in our finances and, and even in how to deal with, with the temptations in our lives. But, but, but don't wait till the next sermon. Don't say, well, at the end of January, I'll deal with this. I mean, today, as we begin a new year, uh, the challenge is to evaluate our lives. Wonder what it, what, what it would look like if there was margin and then make a plan to get there. And, and I think that starts with making time for the one thing that is needed. Jesus said Mary had found it. What's the one thing that's needed? Time with Jesus. Are you listening to him each day? Are you reading scripture? Are you letting him know your needs and your burdens? Are you asking for his direction uh, throughout your day? Uh, You might have to get up earlier or say no to some commitments or turn off your phone or or at least turn off your notifications or or not have the news on in the background all the time or uh, whatever steps you need to take, take them because this is too important. Jesus says you're distracted by so many things. One thing is needed. Listen to me, he says, and everything else will fall in line. When we have margin... It helps us write a better story. Or maybe I could say it this way, that, that margin gives God room to write our story. I wonder, I wonder what story God wants to write in your life in the coming days. No doubt it's a, it's a story of his presence and grace, of using you to make a difference in the lives of others, accomplishing his will, uh, working through you to make a difference in this world. Jesus invites you into the margins of life where eternal things linger. Life is best when it's lived with margin.